Guys, this is Lucky and her three little kittens. That's the dad, Angus. Bad boy, should have got him fixed. Well, I got him fixed now. Bye-bye, balls. Excuse my French. This is Lucky with her little babies. So beautiful, so sweet, so innocent. But sadly, one of the kittens didn't make it. Life is tragic, but we must go okay, on. Okay, so this is the first daddy that was born. This is the big daddy. This is Lucky's favorite. Lucky goes crazy when anybody touches this baby, you see? This is the big daddy. He's the biggest of them all. Actually, I think it might be a girl, I can't tell. This is the second cat that was born. Now this kitty's awesome. Look, Ginger loves this kitty. Look, Ginger likes the kitty. Ginger wants to kiss the kitty. Ginger likes the kitty. This one kitty's so sweet. Uh, this is the second cat to be born on Valentine's Day. Ginger, chill. Okay, Mwah. the eyes aren't exactly open yet. Starting to crack open. This is the third baby. He's the one that I had to bottle feed a little bit. And his eyes are opening. Look how cute this is. Look, the eyes are starting to open. Oh my God, that's so cute. Oh my gosh, the eyes are starting to open. Mommy's getting crazy. Oh my gosh, this is so cute. Look at the eyes. The mamacita bonita. We love you, Lucky. Mwah. Ginger loves you, and this is the dad. This is the dad. Cat life, but sadly, with all this good news, we have some bad news. As you guys know, we lost our favorite freaking one, the, the runt of them all. We didn't really give him a name, it was a boy. Um, may he rest in peace, he had a cleft palate and a really bad cleft palate, like the whole top of his jaw on, the, on my left, his right side was like gone, so he couldn't suck, so within like 48 hours. And he needed a uh, about six months with a feeding tube and then he could have gotten surgery, but it just wasn't a good outlook uh, because of the birth defects. So sadly he didn't make it. So this is very intense. That's why I'm extra connected to these kittens. Cat life, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Primetime with Alex Stein. I'm your host, Alejandro Stein, and tonight we have a very intense episode. That's right. We welcome on a victim. That's right. A victim's brother from the terror attacks on 9-11. That's right. Matt Campbell, his brother, Jeff Campbell, perished on the terror attacks on September 11, 2001. And we're having his brother on to talk about it. So Matt Campbell's going to talk about his brother, Jeff, who passed away during the 9-11 terror attacks and get to the bottom of the truth. And he's going to Tell his side of the story on what he thinks actually happened that day. But before we do that, we have to welcome on another political activist, a guy that is just kicking butt and taking names. And I say a guy because at one point he was a lady, the one, the only, Abel Garcia. Abel, welcome to the show. Hi, Alex. Thank you for having me on. So, Abel, you've become a big political, political, I can't even speak, but, you know, there's Chloe Cole, who's one of the, I would say, probably the most famous detransitioner, just because her story was picked up about her transitioning at 14. And I would say, Abel, that you've made a lot of headway, especially in Texas, and you've become a very popular person speaking against this gender cult, I like to call it, because it's not based on science. You saw what Dr. Phil recently said? I have not seen that yet. Well, Dr. Phil just talked about gender dysphoria and how, you know, it's basically, I don't know what we can say because of terms of service, but... It's, it has the least testing when it comes to 
long-term results. They have no idea, yet they call it the science. You know, they say that, you know, gender reassignment surgery is beneficial, but even when a doctor takes an oath to not hurt or harm, there's a lot of doctors that are coming out and saying, you know what, we are harming a kid by gender mutilating them. That is true, and unfortunately, they failed me. Uh, well, Who's they? What happened? Well, my doctors and my therapists all in California. So, to make my story somewhat short for the viewers who don't know my story. Uh, so I started my transition at 19, but at 18 is when I went to see a therapist. Mm -hmm. I was confused about myself. I came from a very Mexican masculine culture. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I was not the most masculine growing up. So I always questioned myself as a young boy. Well, when you say that, I want to, I want to talk about that. When you say come up, you weren't that masculine. What, you just did in like sports or what? I mean, what, why? What was so feminine? Were you that feminine? Because you kind of, I mean, you don't really look that feminine in that picture right there, but you just felt more feminine? I, I wouldn't say feminine. I, I just guess I wasn't stereotypically masculine. I see. And obviously, because with how my culture is, that made me question myself. Really? Because Mexicans are strong. They're all about their culture, family, Catholicism. And so a lot of that stuff, I guess you didn't vibe with? Yeah, I didn't vibe that with any of that. And then, so what happened? So then you started looking in the mirror and you start, did you ever do the tuck thing? You know, where you ever tuck it? I've done that. <laughs> Everybody's done it where you tuck it and you look in the mirror and you're like, wow. Well, Alex, I, I will have to say yes because I did uh, transition for a bit. Wow. So you're <laughs> tucking it. Do you have any damage? Oh, definitely. No, you have genital damage. Yeah, I have atrophied in my genitals. And unfortunately, because of that, I don't know if I'm sterilized. Have you done a test? Have we checked your... I, I'm looking at it, but unfortunately my insurance doesn't cover it. I'm trying to get see what we I can... We can't do. make sexual jokes on the show. We have to cool down the sexual jokes. Yeah. And so this is not a sexual joke, but Jimmy, would you be willing to drink some of it? Could you tell if you had a sip of it? If it was, Absolutely. Yeah, it's part he of my can contract. Tell, he could tell if it has swimmers in it or not. <laughs> We're not kidding. This What's is not funny? sexual. This is scientific. I don't know. Yeah, there's no Well, we'll figure that out later. Well, that's neither here nor there. We'll do the scientific testing off the show. I think that's more scientific than what all my doctors did in California. <laughs> yeah, it is. So tell us what happened with the doctors. Like, why did they sell you? Oh, my gosh, Abel, you are a girl. You are this. Like, you went to a psychiatrist and you basically said, look, I'm depressed. I'm, I'm having anxiety. I feel like I'm in the wrong body. Like, what, what happened? What made you go see the therapist in the first place? So, again, back to how I was as a young boy. wasn't the most masculine. So I went to a therapist and I told her, I don't know, I don't feel like a man. I don't know if I'm trans, I'd like some help. And as soon as I said those words, the therapist said, yes, you are transgender. She had my letter to transition that same day. And she said she did not want to gatekeep me. Wait, slow down. So as soon as you just mentioned trans, she said you are transgender because, and, and this is just me, once again, I'm just speculating this, like a doctor, they like want to talk to a trans person. You know, they want to, you know, they almost like want to, I, I mean, I feel like a psychiatrist wants a patient that they can see a lot. So all of a sudden, as soon as they label you trans, now you feel like, oh, well, now I need to talk to this person a lot, right? Yeah. Well, she was, uh, I don't know. Like you, my point is, you never go to a psychiatrist and they don't diagnose you with something. They've diagnosed me with everything and I got it all. But that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying, you know, a doctor's not going to be like, you're A-OK, -okay. you're a boy today. Of course, you're going to be like, you know what, you are, you are a lady. Well, I will say this on her. Uh, so she was a lesbian, uh, and she also was a in charge of the transgender support group of where I went. Wow. So I'm not saying anything. It was an inside job. But She I, recruited you, and I'm not even kidding. I'm not kidding when I say this. I know I joke on the show all the time. But now you have a doctor, quote-unquote doctor, psychologist, or psychiatrist. I don't know which one it was. They, in their personal life, you know, is a lesbian. Nice. Neither here nor there. 
work in a support group for trans people. Now they look at you, they're like, oh, come to the group. We need more people. Did it feel like that? Yeah. Yeah, that's how it was. Well, and then, so as soon as she told me everything about that, I told her, I'm not too sure I would like to, I'd like more time to think about it, which was good on my end. But eventually my father got wind of what I was doing. And, and you're 18 at the time. I think I had barely just turned 19. So you just turned 19, the psychiatrist like, you're trans, and you're not wearing a dress yet, or are no, you dressed? No. So, no. so, so what are you dressing, kind of non-binary? Like, what are you... Uh, like just, just like me, just okay. how I am. I've always dressed, well, minus the cowboy boots. You know what I mean? I'm just saying you're dressed of masculine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then they get in your ear, they say, you know what, you are trans. And then when do you finally go to Ross Dress for Less and buy a sundress? Well, well, let me give you a bit more information first. So let me get back to my father. So he found out about what I was doing. And I still don't know how he found out. And because of our culture with how it is, he thought the best answer for to help me was to take me to Mexico and have me sleep with a prostitute. Wow. Now that's sexual abuse, but you are an adult, though. I, I mean, I'm just saying. I, I, I am mean, an adult. Yeah. It is a little. I, I, well, this is. It's really kind of sad. A friend of mine, Clark Gable, his dad did that. As soon as his 18th birthday, took him to a brothel. My very good friend, he ended up dying of a drug overdose. I know he had a lot of mental health issues because of this. I think that's one of the reasons my friend used drugs. But he said that his dad is like, "You're not a man." Took him to a brothel, made him sleep with a prostitute, and he did it. So did you? So your story similar to that? Yeah, he had me sleep with a prostitute. And Wait, slow down. Show, show, freaking Abel. You're telling me, Abel, tell that story again, because this is, that's abuse. Yeah, so my father found out that I wanted, or I was in the process of wanting to transition. And his best idea at the time, because of our Mexican culture, thought that I should sleep with a prostitute. Now, I did not know I was going to sleep with a prostitute until it was way too late. <sighs> It's okay. I know it's okay to get emotional. I hate this for you, Abel. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know this is really tough, and I know you can only say so much, but so did you do it, and you didn't enjoy it at all? Uh, well, I didn't really have a choice, Alex. Uh, my father uh, was the one who was driving. I didn't know how to get out of Mexico at the time. Mm -hmm. and you went to, like, San Diego, or where? I mean, where did uh, you go? Tijuana? Mexicali. Okay, right. yeah, that's on the border yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, border, yeah. Yeah. It was either Mexicali or Calexico, one of those two. It's and I don't want to—I don't want to harp on this because I know this is a very dark thing. But so you go there, and your dad's like, "Be a man and go bang this girl for lack of a better uh, word." So what he said, and I'll have to translate—I'll just translate it uh, to to the audience. He said to the prostitute, "Take good care of him. It's his first time." Uh, now and she probably actually liked that. She probably never deals with virgins, right? She probably thought that was like a notch on her belt. I guess so. Uh, I honestly don't recall much after that. Uh, just, Were you drinking? No, I've just uh, blocked that part of my memory out. Wow, Abel. And so I'm sure this just made you more mad. Yes, I was upset with my father, and I didn't realize it then. Uh, it wasn't until a few years later, but I realized that was the catalyst that wanted me to transition. Yeah, because your dad's saying, don't do it, be a man. And there's this weird thing, like if your dad is a Dallas Cowboys fan, now your son might be the, the, uh, the New York Giants. They might actually like the opposite of what their parents like. For some reason, like you love your dad, but you just want to do the opposite of him. So once he threw you in that situation, you think that's what radicalized you into thinking, now I'm a different person, I'm in the wrong body? It was more of, I've now been traumatized and I don't want to be in my body anymore because since I'm, a very, I'm not too masculine, and my culture is very masculine. 
uh, that somewhat made sense at my mind after being traumatized. And I said, you know what, I'm going to transition. I don't want to be in my body. Because you're anymore. mad at your dad, too, because, you know, that would make a parent mad, right? So in a way, are you getting back at your dad when you did that? No. You don't think? It, okay. None of this was against my father. None of it was against your dad. Okay, that's fair. Wow. And so or do you talk with your dad? Have you rectified that situation? What, how is your relationship I've, now? I've tr uh, we talk, but I've been trying to have that conversation with him many times. But because he doesn't want to talk about that subject, he gets mad at me and hangs up the phone every time I try to talk to him about that. And I've just told him I just want to get closure on that. Well, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I can't tell you, you know, what to do or what the best route is. But you're a young man. And what you did, you know, would be traumatic to a dad. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be on your dad's side. But I do think the best bet is, and I mean this, you have to be the bigger man and forgive him. I, I forgive him. You know? I hate that. I mean, I'm saying, you know, even though that's bad, it's like he, I'm not even trying to white knight for him because, you know, him making you do that in Mexico, that's terrible. He probably thought what he was doing was the right thing. No, and I agree. Like, I understand where you're coming from, and I get where he came from, and... Uh, I'm not justifying his actions, but I have to forgive him for what he did because it wasn't the best idea. But. Even if he doesn't forgive you, you have to forgive him because hate, holding hate in is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. So there's no point. It's only going to make you sick. And I know it's easier said than done because parents' relationships are crazy. But So, so you know, I'll let you work on that. I'm not going to be Dr. Phil. I'm not Dr. Phil, even though I am basically Dr. Stein 99. I am basically a medical professional. But that's neither here nor there. What I'm here to talk with you about is that you went through this trauma. You made a huge life-changing decision because you were given bad information from not only psychiatrists but actual doctors. And so tell us, how far did it get where all of a sudden you're going to wear the dress? And then when did you finally say, hey, look, I'm, I'm a girl? So after that incident, I went back to the therapist and I told her, I want to transition. And she was obviously on board of, with that. And not long after that, I went to see a doctor. Uh, they got me the medication that I needed, and here's the weird part, and I didn't think about it until recently, but there was a, another transgender there, a, a man trying to be a woman, and he was an activist, and he was working with the clinic. Mm -hmm. uh, the doctor said, hey, I have a transgender woman. Uh, she has a lot of experience. She can answer any of your questions, and I'm using... I don't like using the wrong pronouns, but I'm just using Transgender it. woman to yeah. understand the story, yeah. So yeah. born a guy, yeah. biological male, transgender woman. Yeah, so this guy comes in, he, the doctor leaves, and this guy, I didn't think about it then, but he told me to stand up and do a little twirl for him, and he looked, and... After, wait, like Fox News or something? Like, wait, well, you know, that's what they... What, who did that? Richard Ailes? Who did that, Jimmy? I'm not sure. One of the documentaries Richard about Richard Ailes, it. it was. It was Richard Ailes. He would make him stand up and twirl. So they made you do this in yeah, a group can counseling session? No, this was in a, um, a private... Uh, after my doctor had left the clinic and brought in this transgender. And the transgender looked at me, and after I did the twirl, he said, yeah... Were you wearing a dress? No. No, I was just wearing like something like this. Okay. It was right before I did everything, and he said, yeah, he can tell I was supposed to be born a woman. Mmm, gosh. Yeah, my, it's interesting for the lack of words. <laughs> and you're struggling. You have anxiety, depression. Who knows what you're going through mentally, and now you have somebody that's kind of supporting this. And now you look back and laugh, but at the time, I bet it wasn't funny. Oh, definitely not funny. I, again, I was brainwashed into this cult. So, and I didn't really know anything, so I took their words for it. And, well, now I'm laughing because it's insane, but... 
Well, since you're laughing, let's go to a little break. Have you guys ever heard of Manscaped? Oh, no. no. They're really good at shaving your body. You might have used it when you were a woman. You could have shaved it off so you would have looked clean shaven. Uh, yeah, no, I've never used it. You never used Manscaped? It's great. Use the promo code Alex. You're going to save a little money, and they're going to know I sent you. But let's, let me just get to the Manscaped. It's great. We're going to talk about it. Guys, cheers to a new year's from our friends at Manscaped. Because your resolutions shouldn't be the only things that are well kept in 2024. Because the time for new heights and new opportunities and a new look for your Times Square balls is now. Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're looking to maintain a trim or go for that clean shaven look like Abel when he was a lady, neither here nor there, <laughs> this trimmer has you covered. It's trusted by over 10 million men worldwide. Now is your time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Make sure to go to manscaped.com and use the code Alex for 20% off plus free shipping, guys. That's 20% off plus free shipping. Happy New Year or happy new clean shaven balls, am I right? Shave those, shave them, shave them. Do you ever shave them, do you trim? Uh, no, because due to the atrophy, I, I'd rather not have it to be You have no pubic hair. I have pubic hair. It's my genitals that, that are atrophied. So if I shave... What does that mean? Is it swollen up? <laughs> so it's small because you took the hormones, now your wiener's small? Everything. Uh, um, <sighs> can, we, can, can we just... <laughs> the, the Manscaped ad read is well. On while you're well, saying that, the lower third. Well, I mean, we can talk about this. Manscaped's a great product for trans people, men, women. It's great for <laughs> yeah. everything. And even if you have Very atrophied inclusive. genitals and their genitals are smaller than they should be, it will shave around them safely, and it's trusted by over 10 million men Absolutely. worldwide. So use that promo code. Get your testicles clean shaven. I don't know why that's bad. I don't know why that's that's good. Are you are you completely shaved down there? Are you hairless? No, now? I look like it looks disgusting down there. It looks you should like go, a car you should crush. go hairless for Manscaped. That'd be a good ad for them. You want me to shave everything? Yeah, I want you to be like a Barbie doll. We could shave it all, and we could make a pillow out of it, and I could make Jimmy sleep on it at night. That'd be cool—a stuffed pillow. Yeah, turn your pubes into a an my pillow, like a prop. We love Manscaped. Make sure to go there. So, Abel. Well, actually, quick, $20 super chat from Zach is whack. Abel, the chat rats support you. Sorry for what you've been through. You may never get closure from your dad, but you can get it for yourself. Stay strong. Thank you. And, Abel, we love you. I love you. And I like that you're so fearless in telling your story now when I know it's hard. Yeah. I know it's hard. Yeah. It gets uh, easier over time. It does, like with everything. But what doesn't get easier over time Come on out here. We got to pay a little more of the bills. What doesn't get easier over time is when you drink cast brew coffee, it gets stronger and stronger. And a lot of people will say, oh, cast brew coffee, it's a company owned by Tim Pool. And people will say on the internet, Tim Pool is a, a white supremacist. Tim Pool is not a white supremacist at all. He's half Korean, I'll have you know, for the people that say that. But also, Cash Brew Coffee, I don't know if you can see this very well, you go to cashbrew.com, use that promo code PRIMETIME, is also one of the darkest, blackest coffees in the world. So I had the blackest man I know in the world, Tiny, to come on set and tell the people, because there's a lot of white people, black people, Asian people, all different, Mexican people, Abel, Hispanic, 
Tell them that this is a good, strong black coffee for a good, strong black man. I'm telling you, this coffee is off the hook, man. You gotta get it in your system every morning. Strong, dark black coffee for strong black men like myself. I'm telling you, this stuff is so good, man. I sold my mother to the cartels, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. That's how good it was. It's that it was good. He's willing to put his mother into human trafficking for this stuff. Hey. So I will just say. Show Abel. Show Abel. He, Abel, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I cannot confirm what in relation to the cartel, but he's doing well. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Abel's part of the cartel. Oh, my gosh. So have some of this cartel cash brew. Cartel approved. Say it. Cartel approved. Cartel approved. Cartel approved. So make sure you go and get that cash brew coffee. Go to cashbrew.com. Use that promo code PRIMETIME. And tell them, tell them why they should drink it one more time, Tiny. I'm telling you, man, it's off the hook. What it's going to do for you, get your, give you energy in the morning, make you crazy as hell, want to bite people in the ass. It's going to crazy. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling I sold my mama, man. His mama's gone. Man, I don't it's even okay. feel bad. It was so good. No, it's so good. So good, man. Good stuff. Get it in your system. Cashbrewcoffee.com. Peace. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Tiny. Cashbrew.com. Cartel Cast Brew. Cartel. That's a new flavor. Tell Tim we need a cartel flavor that has actual fentanyl and cocaine in it. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Now, we're going to get back to you, Abel. We're going to talk all about your story because at the end of the episode. But is our guest ready or are we going to call he him? He is soon? ready. Okay. Now, Abel, have you ever heard of 9-11? I was a young child when it happened. That's why I ask, because maybe some people aren't. That's what blows my mind, is I meet people that weren't even born. They were born after 9-11. It blows my mind. That's neither here nor there. There's a lot of people now, because it's old. It's been 24 years, Jimmy, or 23 years? Yep. Wow. Well, this guy, Matt Campbell, sadly, and I know this is a comedic show, but guys, I try to use humor to try to, as Andrew Tate would say, break us out of the matrix. We live in a fake matrix of lies. And one of those lies is that 19 hijackers were able to defeat the strongest military force in the entire world and bring down two buildings, excuse me, three buildings with two airplanes. The story doesn't make sense. They're able to find passports. There's all kinds of anomalies with the story. But tonight, we're not going to just necessarily talk about the anomalies. We're going to talk to a victim's brother. That's right. Let's bring on Matt Campbell. Matt, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks, Alex. Matt, I know it's late. You're in the UK, and, and tragically, you lost your brother Jeff on September 11th, 2001. So do you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself and your story? Yeah, so, I mean, my brother was um, 31. He worked for Reuters, and his normal place of work was um, sort of midtown. Um, but he was attending the Risk Waters Conference on the 106th floor of the North Tower. And um, yeah, it's just one of those things. He was in the wrong, wrong place at the wrong time. Matt, so tell me this. Now, I'm, I'm a 9-11 truther, just like yourself. I'm a big 9-11 truther. But if you're a member of this community, and I want to talk to you about when you kind of, you know, realize that the story was not true. But my point is this. When you get into the conspiracy world, uh, especially with 9-11, because there are so many anomalies, there's so many real red flags where they can add kind of fake red flags. They'll say it's direct energy weapon or is this and that. I purposely, I, I personally think like Richard Gage, there is pre-planted explosives. But I'm saying, what are some of the wildest conspiracies that have you, that you've heard? Have people ever said you're lying, your brother didn't die? Like what, what's the craziest conspiracy that you've heard when it comes to 9-11 before we get into the real conspiracies? Um, yeah, I mean, I've had people say that my brother didn't die. There's There's conspiracy theories out there that it was all CGI, um, no one died. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I've had all sorts of people contact me once I went public, you know, saying it's mini nukes, it's directed energy weapons, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but when I started questioning stuff, uh, end of October, 2001. Oh, so I right did. away, wait, Matt, right away, you realize you tell me October. So the next, so you tell me that a month later, you realize this, this, this story is not adding up. Yeah, it was an article, um, by the late John Pilger, um, just basically talking about what was going, I think the, um, war in Afghanistan had been going for about two or three weeks. And it was just his his engagement with some of the victim family members over in the States that they didn't like what was being done in their, you know, their son's name, for example. Um, and just basic stuff like, you know, 15 of the uh, 19 alleged hijackers were Saudi mm -hmm. and they were mainly trained in the US. <laughs> um, you know, what are we doing um, in Afghanistan? And, um, and so, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a slow process. But I mean, initially... You know, for me, it was um, looking at intelligence failures and and just the backstory to all the hijackers and, you know, what led to the attacks. Um, so, yeah, it's been a long, long journey for me. Well, um, questioning. Tell me about this. Everybody in the chat's going crazy about your hair. They're saying you have a Twin Tower haircut. What do you say about that? Um, I thought you were going to do some sort of clever link with your sponsor. No, I should have. Wait, 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 which sponsor? Manscaped? We'll send you a free one. No, it looks good. No, okay. No, but Matt, I, I really love your story, not because it's a happy story, but I love that you're speaking out. That's what I love so much because when we, we talk about the official narrative, it just doesn't make any sense. Flight 93, how it just, you know, they say it was... Um, let's roll. And they got the drink cart and they just, you know, was able to take over the cockpit and they crashed the plane into the ground. I think it's obvious that that plane was probably blown out of the sky or something. I mean, something happened, not the official story that it hit the ground and just we didn't see any debris. So for me, one of my biggest passions is exposing the truth on that day. So how do you think that we're going to actually wake up everybody when it comes to 9-11 and they're not going to just call us crazy tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists? Um... Well, I mean, for me, and it's always been the, the, what I've been trying to do, particularly for the last 10 years, is to basically get this into court. I mean, almost all attempts at litigation uh, around the subject of 9-11 have either failed or, you know, they've been settled because someone pleaded guilty. So there's the Zacharias Masui trial. You've got the uh, ongoing pretrial at Guantanamo Bay, which may or may not go to plea deal, may not even get to full trial. And you have the, you know, long running um, five Saudi lawsuits or five legal firms. Representing, People that are you know, suing Saudi Arabia. And are, is your family part of that lawsuit at all? Or is uh, that, my dad's uh, the plaintiff in the Motley Rice um, suit. Yeah. And you know, and, did your family get a settlement? Because they say this is what they said is that the 9-11 Commission report, a lot of families like you spoke out against this. The 9-11 Commission report had, I think, 28 pages redacted, all of Saudi Arabia's involvement. So, A, we already admit that we don't know the official story because the fake official story <coughs> they give us is redacted. But I think they would. Didn't they give some sort of insurance payment or something to the victims of like 30,000 or what was it? 50,000. Did they give you any cash? If you don't mind answering. There, that? there was a, a victim compensation fund that was set up. My dad. But it wasn't that much, right? Do you remember how much it was? I think it's like not that much money. Uh, I mean, it was probably different case by case. I mean, there was a sort of a minimum amount. I, I can't remember, but my my brother's fiance and my um, dad were um, they applied as representatives of of um, Jeff's estate. Um, but you know, nothing nothing in the settlement um, would prevent us from going after um, people who were behind the attacks. I mean, that was actually advice that. Um, I think a legal firm gave us into, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't prevent you 
from going after anyone associated with the the terrorist attack. So, I mean, yes, it was to I think it was just primarily to stop it going through the, the legal system, um, because obviously things start to get exposed, um, you know, when you when you do that. Um, and so for, for me, in terms of waking people up or, or trying to get the truth out there, for me, it's always been to try and go down this legal route. And so that's what I'm trying to do in the UK, um, you know, which it's not an easy thing to do. It has to um, be but, tougher. I would imagine that it's tougher in the UK, right? To bring awareness to 9-11, even though your brother's a UK citizen. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was 67 um, British victims. Um, I'm in contact with probably about 15 of the families in the UK. A couple of them are very supportive of, of what I've been trying to do, but they don't want to go public. Some of them, you know, they're in their 80s now. They just don't have the energy and mm -hmm. don't want to reopen old wounds. So I, mean, I respect that. You know, it's not easy to be constantly thinking and, and talking about, you know, someone's death and their murder. And, you know, in this case, the, the cover up that's been going on. You mentioned Saudi Arabia. I mean, if you wanted, you know, easy proof of, of basically the cover up that's been going on, you just got to look at the, you know, Saudi Arabia's involvement. And we're talking intelligence, you know, the consulate um, of government officials, et cetera. And the way they're able to get passports with the, no backstory. With no, uh, Mohammed Atta, I believe, his, he got his passport after. So what do you think happened? If we had to give a 9-11 cliff notes, what do you think happened on September 11, 2001? I mean, I, I look at it, I said, you know, through pretty much, a, I guess, a legal lens rather than, you know, trying to figure out exactly what, what happened. Because it is, it is complicated. So, I mean, for me, what you can easily prove, and there's been various levels of, of proof come out over the years, is um, the CIA actively were protecting two of the alleged hijackers, uh, you know, right from the Malaysian Al-Qaeda summit in uh, January 2000, right through to when they, they came into the States. Um, those same hijackers were given material support by Saudi Arabia. That's in the 28 pages, but there's also other documents. Interestingly enough, some documents have come out in the Guantanamo Bay pretrial, um, which is further corroborating this um, thing that basically the CIA were running an illegal operation, um, protecting uh, you know these these hijackers. Well, we know I mean, that the CIA, and I'm sorry to cut you off though, Matt. We know that the CIA, for the people that are playing at home, they might not know this. You can watch this movie called Charlie Wilson's War. That the CIA actually funded the Mujahideen, which fought the Russians before we were over there. So a lot of those weapons that we gave the Mujahideen to fight Russia were used against us. So in a way, inadvertently, as they'll tell you, inadvertently, we created Al Qaeda. We created basically ISIS, is what's happening today through the CIA. So. It's absolutely insane that people can't connect the dots when we know that it's it's open record that we gave these same people weapons and then those weapons were used against us. So the CIA is involved in this 100 percent. Sorry to cut you off. Keep going. Yeah. And, and then so, you know, the the other aspect, of course, is for, for me is the way in which the towers came down, which ultimately killed my brother. Um, you know, it's been a long time. You know, we're looking 15 years now of a lot of evidence that has come out pointing towards the destruction of those towers. You know, however that was accomplished and by whom, you know, I guess from, again, that legal lens, what I'm trying to, to prove in the UK or get, is to get my brother's inquest reopened. So basically, because he died abroad and his remains were identified, very small fragments, when they were repatriated to the UK by law, we have an inquest. So that's held in a coroner's court. And they're supposed to do a, you know, a thorough investigation you know, look into, um, you know, obviously the basic details, who they were, where and, and when. Um, but 
basically how they came about their death. And this initial inquest was held, well, it was belatedly in 2013. They, we know they did absolutely no investigation, no inquiry into how my brother died, which they have to by law. And also, you know, um, they didn't have any evidence of the use of explosives and incendiaries. It wasn't placed in front of the coroner. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I'm trying to do is reopen my brother's inquest. And we have a mechanism here uh, where, you know, it's routinely used. So if someone, say, dies suspiciously in a, a jail cell or something and a family isn't happy with the original inquest, there's a mechanism to try and reopen it. And you petition the attorney general. And so we've done that. And um, twice now they've come back and denied us. We actually threatened litigation with them last year. and. Their case was so weak, they capitulated, withdrew that first denial. And, you know, we thought, right, we're going to get, a, you know, a, 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 um, permission here to go and reopen my brother's inquest. And uh, January, beginning of this year, they denied us yet again. And so we're having to go again through this very expensive, very frustrating process called judicial review, where we have um, three months to basically respond and challenge again the unlawful and irrational decision that the attorney general has made. You know, it makes you sort of wonder what, what are they scared of? Well, then it's you know what they're so hiding pre- though, but you, come on, Matt, you know what they're hiding. They don't want to touch nine 11 because they know it is an international event and it's just going to just re- cause more problems, exposing the truth. And that's why I appreciate you continuing to fight, but you know, it's like they say you can't beat city hall. It's like, you're definitely not going to be able to beat the UK government, but listen, I don't want to get too graphic, but I do want to describe this. So your brother was on the 106th floor and was he hit by an actual plane? Because you say there wasn't that much left, or was he still in the building and it imploded? How, how did he actually perish? You know, like what would the inquest find? I guess is my point. Um, well, no, I mean they, they've just basically uh, they took what was on the death certificate, which was um, death. I think it's blunt trauma. Um, you call it in the US, and it, that got translated into multiple injuries. But was it blunt uh, trauma because he actually the plane hit him, or did was he was on the hundred sixth floor and and he died in the building? Do you think he got hit? No, it, I think it was a very general um, description applied to everyone who died within the the tower, majority of victims. Um, we know he's on the hundred sixth floor. Um, in the actual inquest, I think there was four um victims in total that were um because it was a joint inquest we had 10 did he call anybody there's a lot i listened to a lot of those phone calls people to call there was a famous uh a firefighter oreo palmer that went all the way to the top you know he, he carried a, a a hose up there i think to the 97th floor and then it ended up imploding he was a hero but some people were making phone calls to the family so he didn't make a phone call at all to anybody before he passed away um i mean it's, it's one of those things where I, I sort of looking back i wish i had listened more carefully i had two messages on my mobile phone that had no message I d- no I don't know. that day I don't i'm know. sorry yeah, you had two missed calls that day uh, i was on holiday um, yeah no you don't beat yourself up it's not your fault you you couldn't tell that the biggest the terror attack in the history is going to happen that but you had two missed calls that day but yeah and I, you know i don't i don't know if it, if it was him um you know people obviously trying to contact me because of what had gone on so um you know possibly they didn't didn't get through um but uh, yeah, so I mean, in terms of you know, without getting too graphic, so he was on the 106th floor. Um, there were four victims there. So in the, in the same inquest, there was a joint inquiry into 10 people. So three people, including my brother, we're talking 2% of their body. So we're talking very small um, bone fragments were found. There's also, um, we've had remains found in 2002, 2004, 2008, 2013, very small fragments. But one person, on that floor was 86%. And so, you know, 
although there is a great degree of pulverization, one of the things that I, um, in my kind of investigation and, and reaching out to people was a, a forensic pathologist who had e expertise with explosives, and I basically said, the complete disintegration of a body occurs with, to do with proximity to the actual explosives. It's not an exact science, but you know, there was one family member at the inquest who just kept repeatedly asking. He couldn't understand why, because his son was nearly whole, and everyone else that he was hearing about was, you know, small fragments. So he, he I, you could kind of sense he was struggling to get his head around what he was hearing for the first time, because he obviously assumed probably that most people were like his son, you know. Um, yeah, this I mean, is that's terribly just, tragic, know, Matt. Okay, so there is a GoFundMe where people can support you. We're going to put a link to that. But also, we have a clip to play, Jimmy. Is that true? Say that again. Do you have a controlled demolition clip? Yeah, we do. Let's just play it real quick before we let Matt go. Okay. Can, let's watch uh, why do you lean so strongly to that part of the story, the idea now that it is, it is a controlled, it was a controlled demolition? Can you talk about some of the evidence that's come to light over the past uh, few years that point to that being the case. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, in terms of, you know, why are we focusing on that for the inquest? The inquest is limited in scope, i.e. it's not really concerned with who did it, um, it's it's how someone came about their death. And so that's why the inquest is the best mechanism to, you know, get to the truth of how my brother died. Um, I mean, in terms of evidence, there's been, you know, uh, evidence of um, thermitic reactions, high temperatures, the way that the North Tower fell at a constant acceleration for about four seconds. Um, there's eyewitness testimony that's from first responders. In total, there was you know, certainly over 150 first responders that were witness to uh, either you know, bombs or describe them as bombs, explosions, etc. Um, there's, uh, I mean, also uh, expert testimony. So we have a number of um, engineers and physicists who have put forward evidence which formed part of our application. And a lot of people don't talk about the elevator companies that were working on the Twin Towers right before the tower collapsed. So listen, there's a lot of evidence. And if you look at the way that those buildings fell, they were one of, Donald Trump even said, one of the most reinforced buildings. And Donald Trump, the day of the attack, when he was interviewed, you saw that interview, Matt, I'm sure he said, he speculated that there would have needed to be bombs in there because he had saw the damage from the original bombing in 1993. And he said that the pillars were so strong, it didn't even mess up the building. I mean, it messed up the parking garage, but he said that was such a strong building. I went and toured it after it. They needed some serious bombs to bring that building down because it was such a strong, double reinforced, you know, over-engineered building. So it's not crazy. I don't think you're crazy at all, Matt. And I just hate that we live in a world where we're talking about this. One of the most viral videos we had this past year is that we asked potential vice president candidate Vivek Ramaswamy if he thought 9-11 was an inside job. And he said, yes, he said that the 9-11 commission report was uh, incorrect and you know omitted a lot of important information. And then because of that though, Matt, the mainstream media went crazy on him. They turned him like he was uh, denying the, I'm just saying he became the biggest conspiracy theorist in the world for stating facts. So it's an uphill battle with the mainstream media. Have you gotten any attention whatsoever or any help from any quote unquote mainstream media outlet? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, really in the UK, it's only been uh, one journalist at the at the Daily Mail who, you know, consistently over the years. I like has... Daily Mail, but they're kind of like they're like, I mean, you know, that's almost like God. I mean, I love Daily Mail. I'm happy they're doing it. It's, I look at it every day. But, you know, Daily <laughs> Mail is almost like, you know, the Inquirer or something. But uh, it's, so... it's, a, it's a tabloid. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's very hard to get them to to take things um, seriously. 
And, you know, it, it's frustrating because, uh, you know, there are a lot of dots. You can connect them. Um, and, you know, I just want the, the truth of certain parts of it that really frustrate me, which is, you know, in particular how my brother died, um, you know, to, to see the light of day in a, in a court where there is at least a better chance of getting to the truth. I'd just like to say that, you know, you mentioned the, the crowdfunder that we're doing. The easiest way people can find the link is if you go to ic911.org, um, there's a link to, it's a, a British um, website called, uh, called Crowdfunder. Crowdfunder, and, I said GoFundMe, excuse me, Crowdfunder. We'll put the link yeah. in there, go ahead, sir. Um, but that would be great because, you know, it is expensive. It, judicial review, what we're trying to do is, is one of the most expensive things to do in the UK. I think they do it deliberately to make it so hard um, they're just trying to exhaust you. Lawfare, I guess, is what it's a you, lawfare. You, they want to make it where you can't even afford it. So, okay, before you go, now tell us the last thing, Matt. I mean, when, when you think about your brother Jeff, what this is now is 23 years. He worked at Reuters. What would Jeff be doing now if you had to speculate? I know that's kind of a weird thing, but if the terror attack didn't happen, like, what do you think Jeff would be like today? I mean, the world we live in is not the same. I mean, what do you think he would think of the world we live in today? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, he definitely uh, wanted kids. Um, he was a great uncle to my then. I, I've got three daughters, only had uh, two daughters then. And, you know, I, I'm just really sad that... Did Jeff I, have any kids? Did Jeff have any no. kids? Oh, okay. Uh, he just he just got engaged. No. Um, it, it was only 31. It was that, you know, that you, you start thinking yeah. about starting a family and stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just find it really sad that I've not spent the last... You know, 23 years with him growing up, Ugh. growing up. There's only a year between the two of us. So y'all were um, like, I mean, y'all were y'all were in the same grade, basically. I mean, one grade apart. So y'all, I mean, yeah. went to school. To, wow. Okay. And, and just my mum and dad, you know, who have lost their son, and I can't imagine, you know, being a parent myself, what it's like to to lose a child. Um, you know out of order, if you know what I mean, time-wise. It shouldn't go before you. you no, know? never. It's always the most tragic thing. Okay, before you go, my producer, Jimmy, and he's an idiot. He went to Princeton. I don't even, don't even get me started. He keeps on asking me about your hair. What do you no, want to say? No, I love your hair. I need the full story. What's the inspiration? <laughs> what would you call it? How do you get those frosted tips so beautiful? Tell me everything. Uh, well, I used to have kind of a, a mohawk, messy hair. There was a band called Jesus the Mary Chain, uh, and I like kind of punk, post-punk, you know, bands when I was a teenager in my 20s. And, uh, you know, I started going bald as I got older. And it's just an option. So I just thought I'd do a kind of inverted reverse mohawk, whatever you want to call it. And, um, yeah, it it's was also... badass! Your hair's badass, Matt! I was I was pissed off. All the, all the stuff that was going on in the last three, four years was driving me crazy, um, as well as fighting 9-11. I just thought I'll, I'll get back to my sort of punk years. That's what I like to hear. Well, the Matt, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else? Tell the people where they can find you one last time before you go. Yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter, Matt Campbell 911 um, Or, as I said, uh, the best way of following the case and getting a link to the crowdfunder is on uh, IC911.org. Matt, I really appreciate you staying up late with us. I know you're in the UK. It's about 1 a.m. there. I'm so sorry about your brother. And you really are. I'm not just saying this to blow smoke. You're a hero for continuing to fight for your brother's honor. So you should be proud, even though it's a terribly tragic situation. You still have a lot to be proud about. So uh, nice to meet you, Matt. Talk to you again soon. Likewise. Thank you, Alex. Cheers. Well, that was crazy, right, Abel? Yeah. It's... I'm speechless. I'm going to be honest. Um, 
Yeah, okay, and now I'm speechless. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are laughing. 9-11, a guy just died. We just talked to a dead guy's brother. We're all laughing. You can't even speak anymore. No Alex, speaking. You have to laugh for those who can't anymore. I know. We're laughing for by Jeff. The way, by we're the way, we for... took a poll and the chat says you have to get that haircut. I'm down. I mean, I would. I, the thing is, my hair is my, I mean, I, I need my hair, but I would do it. I would manscape that. But if we share that picture, we'd get terms of service. So. Oh, for three Olive Garden cards, I'll do it. Okay, Jimmy will do it for three Olive <laughs> three Olive Garden cards. No, you're doing that. We have to. We need like five hundred dollars super chat or something. If you want uh, Jimmy to shave his head, then we will do it. I'll make him. I'll grab him. I'll just hold him down and do it. I'll help, okay. Alex. Yeah, I know. Abel will help. Okay, let's get back to Abel. So we only have about you know we got the back half of the show, but uh, oh, I now got to do a quick ad read, guys. My best friend here at the network, Sarah Gonzalez. She's got a new show, Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. It just launched. It's different than the news and why. It's, you know, a uh, more interactive show. We're talking about politics. We're talking about culture. We're talking about femininity, but not being a feminist, if that makes sense. And that's why Sarah is such a special host. And that's why I love her personally, not just as a content creator, not just because she's good, but because she's actually a good person that is fighting the good fight. She's, she fights against all of the transgender indoctrination that got our guest, Abel, into a lot of trouble. So everybody needs to go watch Sarah Gonzalez's show, Unfiltered, on the Blaze TV, and you can find it, like, subscribe. Just Google Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. But do us a favor, go over there, leave a comment, and say I sent you. All you chat rats, go leave a comment on Sarah's latest video and say Alex Stein made me do this. Thank you, chat rats. Okay. What the heck are we going to do with you, Abel? So we got to get back to your story. You, your dad, you know, you have this traumatic thing. It kind of pushes you into this confused your confused state then you're talking to these doctors you wear the dress you start doing it so how long were you quote unquote a woman so i started the process in november of 2016 and that's both socially and medically now medically i ended in april of 2019 so 2016 to 2019 roughly three years two and a half years two yes and a half years that's just medically so that's how long i took uh, estrogen and testosterone blockers and your penis immediately changed as soon as you started taking the estrogen it took a time yes but i'm saying like after a couple months it, it got smaller actually yeah it's much smaller did you have kind of a bigger wiener i'm not i'm not trying to be crude no I'm just, no i i, I if mine I, got I, smaller I, it'd be invisible I, I don't have much to i mean i'm just saying sorry I, i'm gonna be honest i don't even know what my penis looks like anymore before i did any of it you don't remember no because i spend so I always say, don't holy take shit! What? Someone just super chatted five hundred times. No, they didn't. Should. I'm not kidding. Oh my god! Fuck. I can't <laughs> curse, but no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. That was a joke. Well, tomorrow, no. Max Hines, we're gonna be shaving Jimmy's head. We're gonna make a whole episode out of that tomorrow. So Dude, Max my Hines, wife is going to murder me. I know, Max <laughs> Hines. So we'll, we'll just do a short shave. It'll look good. Uh, we'll give you kind of like a bald face. Thank you, Max Hines. Five hundred dollars to shave Jimmy's head. So I guess I'll be back tomorrow to yeah, shave it? Yeah, you're going to be shaving his head. I think we got to bring Abel back, too. You can go back tomorrow and shave the head. Jimmy, look into the camera and say, thank you, Daddy, for $500, Mr. What's his name? Max Hines. Thank you, Max Hines. Heart that. We like Max Hines. No, I'm, I hate... I'm a man of my word, but I never cuss. thought anyone would ever super chat five hundred dollars. Well, and somebody it happened. did. Somebody did. Yeah, I'm primetime Alex Stein. I bring all the people together. We have rich supporters. We have poor chat rats, rich chat rats, middle class chat rats. You don't want to mess with the rich ones. You're gonna lose your hair like Jimmy. All right. So, thank you to Max 
Hines. We love Max Hines. So, uh, Max, we're not going to shave him tonight. We're going to shave him tomorrow because we're going to make a whole big deal about it. So uh, stay tuned. And we're going to give a special shout-out. Make sure to write his name down because this is all for Max Here, Hines. Can I just call my wife on air and tell her what happened? Yeah, but get that going. I'm going to talk to Abel. Don't don't show the cameras. Get her on because I don't want to hear the ringing and all that stuff because okay. I like to do prank calling. So well, right. it'll, it'll, why we do that, let's play this clip from Dr. Phil talking about well, shoot, we have to be careful, though, playing this clip. We could get terms of service. Okay, well, then just let's not play it. Let's play, like, two seconds of it, George, and then I'm going to cut it off because he says, he says a bunch of great stuff, but I, 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 this is on Twitter, on, on YouTube. They might say this is terms of service. So let's play just a clip, and I'll tell you when to cut it off, George. It's interesting they choose words like uh, gender-affirming care. You know, that's, that's interesting that they call it that, but really what they're talking about is hormonal therapy or sex reassignment surgery on children. And in fairness, the American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Endocrine Society or whatever the exact name of that is, all of the major medical associations have signed off on this, Joe. They've signed off on it. And I have never seen those organizations sign off on anything with less information as to whether or not it does long-term harm. Okay, cut it off right there. That's why we got to be very careful. But you saw what Dr. Phil said. Yeah. I, I agree. None of this uh, is not a real science. It's not a real science. These people, and, and it's so crazy, though, the people that will say, oh, it's not a real science. But if you say, hey, the difference between a guy and a woman is one has an, an XX chromosome and one has an XY chromosome, they'll say, oh, that's science. That doesn't matter that, you know, uh, you can choose your gender. Gender is a social construct. So it's weird how they can use science and manipulate it, but I guess they did that during COVID. They've done that you know, throughout history. I just think it's absolutely insane, though, that you're having people like Dr. Phil that are talking about this. And Dr. Phil is a mainstream guy, right? So he's coming around to this. I don't know why he wasn't talking about this earlier. Do we have any hope for this kind of gender reassignment cult? Yeah, um, luckily, because a lot of people like myself, Chloe Cole, and a lot of other uh, public detransitioners are now speaking out against it, and a lot of people are coming out. Um, the tide is turning, so that's good on our end. And now that we have people like Dr. Phil and a lot of other reputable in- individuals are saying, no, we need to stop sterilizing children. This ain't what we were told. Well, a lot of people are now starting to come out, and especially now that states like the state of Texas is, has banned uh, gender-affirming care, or gender-affirming care, uh, for minors, so that's good. Is Texas one of the few states? What other states have banned? I think Idaho uh, might have. Florida. Um, Arkansas. And, and didn't you do some legislation? Didn't you get some? Yes. T- tell us what political activism you did that helped actually make some good change. So I actually helped here in the state of Texas. I helped pass Senate Bill 14. I worked with uh, Senator Donna Campbell and Le- and House Representative Tom Oliverson to help pass Senate Bill 14, which bans gender-affirming care for minors. Anyone under 18, I spent, that was last year's uh, legislative hearing here in Texas, and now children are protected. Well, I just love what you're doing. I really, really love what you're doing. Right now, I'm actually trying to call somebody. Thank you for calling Vassalon. This is Isla. How can I help you? Hey, Voss, this, this, my name's Alex, and I just had a quick question. So my producer lost a bet, and I'm going to have to shave his head. Can I get any legal trouble cutting hair without a cosmetology license? Um, are you, are you a cosmetologist? I'm not at all, no. I'm a talk show host. 
and have a seat. You're just a talk show host? Yeah, and I'm going to shave his head on air, but I, I, you guys are professional. I've gotten my hair cut in Los Colinas, Voss Studio, one of the best. But my point is, I'm going to film it. Could I have any legal ramifications? Because I know you have to have a license to cut hair, technically, and I'm doing this on air. Do, do you think I could actually get in trouble? Um, I actually don't know. Oh, I'm man. so sorry. Hey, Alex, I've got my wife. Oh, he's Let's got his wife. Okay, thank it. you so much. I'll so, see you guys. I'll, I'll call you're, back you're for an appointment. Air, thank you. But this is okay, just okay, a so, bet okay. happened. So is this Carrie? Carrie, I'm sorry to tell you this. Your, your beautiful husband, beautiful Jimmy... So she can't hear you, remember, but she can only hear me. I'll just describe what happened. Carrie, um, we interviewed a guy who had, like, frosted wingtips. And basically, how would you even describe his haircut? Don't worry about his haircut. So basically, like, little tips, frosted. And Alex said, if someone super chats $500, I'll do that to Jimmy. I said, yeah, because no one would ever super chat $500. And then a minute later, someone super chatted $500. So... Would you leave me if I had to dye my hair blonde? Because I don't want to go against... We're going to dye it and cut it. Is the phone on? Who's dyeing your hair? Uh, that's Abel, a good question. Tell him Abel Garcia, an XD transitioner. Um, it would probably be Alex or whatever guest he Tell puts. him Abel Garcia, a person who Abel Garcia a woman, is our guest now, today, yes. but he might come back. You're not going to go to Carmen? Uh, can we go to her hairdresser? Potentially, yes. Uh, Alex said potentially. Maybe we can live stream from the studio. Jimmy, your hair is so dark, I don't think it's going to go blonde. Well, we'll worry about that later. Tell okay, Carrie, we'll, we'll worry about that. But what you're saying is like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't leave me because I really love you a lot. I don't want to leave you. You're going to have blonde tips. For blonde tips. Jimmy, I, you had a mullet for the first time. Ah, perfect! <laughs> That's Thank a good point. you. Okay, All right, okay. I love you. I love, I love you, you, Carrie. Babe. All right, looks like Jimmy's getting a haircut. Jimmy's getting a haircut and a little frosted tips. Oh my god. And Abel's gonna come back. Let's and Jimmy's getting a haircut. Jimmy's getting a haircut. Jimmy's getting a haircut. Jimmy's getting a haircut. And frosted tips. And frosted tips. And frosted tips. Alright, now let's get back into this. You didn't cut off your penis, right? That is correct. But would you like to know that story actually? Yeah, heck yeah. yeah lay it on me. So let me get back. Uh, I have to go back in history a little. So, like I said, November 2016 is when I started the medication. 11 months later, October of 2017, I went to speak to another medical professional. And I said I wanted to get breast implants. I told him I don't want to get my penis removed yet. And a few weeks later in the mail, I got two letters from my insurance company approving me for surgery. Already, before you even telling her you were approved for surgery for breast implants and gender reassignment surgery? That is correct. And I told him I did not want to get my penis cut off yet. And they were going to give you a free 99 insurance paid wiener slice off. All covered by the state of California and the oh taxpayers. Oh my gosh. Gavin Newsom would have loved it. He probably would have used your foreskin and rubbed it on his face, that creep. Um, that's the thing. They do take baby foreskins and make facial creams out of it. Look it up. Look it up. But... Um, so you decided you got this free gender reassignment surgery from your insurance, and you, you, why didn't you get the boobs? I got the boobs. I just didn't get the penis removed. So you've had breast implants? Yes. That, that's that's kind of cool. Like, would you look in the mirror and play with them a little? Like, if I had boobs, I would just... I don't want to be too sexual on the show, but I think I would play with them a lot. I think my attorney has informed me not to make commentary on that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Was it cool, though, the first time you had him? You were like, damn, look at these tits. Uh, let me verify with my producer. Okay, okay. Uh, may maybe, yeah, yep. be careful. Okay. Yep. 
Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But <laughs> did you start getting a lot of attention from men? Yeah. Yeah. Men are so horny and disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the ones that I met in California were interesting. I will just say did that. Did you ever date? Did you ever have any relationships? No. No, but that's kind of hard. Yeah, well, if I was Dylan Mulvaney, I would have gone on a date every other day. Dylan Mulvaney can't get a date. Did you see Dylan Mulvaney c complaining that he's never, she's never been kissed as a woman? Well, Still, this is three years. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, she, Dylan Mulvaney says they've never been kissed since their transition, basically. So I think what? that's more of a personality thing. What do you yeah. mean, Jimmy? What are you talking about? Like you're Dylan talking about Mulvaney's personality. Well, it, he hasn't been kissed since he's been Dylan I know, Mulvaney. it's because of the personality. It's not because of anything transition-wise. I have to agree a, with Jimmy. The you're just saying because he has a terrible. lame personality that, yeah, because there's some trans people that are sluts that do all <laughs> I, there's trans prostitutes, <laughs> lady boys in Philippines and all kinds of places. <laughs> That's real. You go to a bar, you're just having a Mai Tai, enjoying your vacation. Oh, look at this 109 pound little girl with no breasts. Lady boy. And you go in there and they drop their pants and then they, it's little atrophied like yours. And, you kind of flick it like that, and you're like, is that, what is that? Like, oh, I'm a lady boy. I'm like, does this still cost 500 baht? And they're like, all right. And I don't do anything. I've never done, this is all an imagination in Minecraft. I have no idea what I'm talking about. So, this is I, a less, can, can, I, can I, sorry to interrupt. Carrie got back to me with one stipulation, my wife. She said, I get to keep the $500 to buy something for her with it if I'm going to go well, with yeah, that why don't you tell, Yeah, yeah, you're welcome to keep it. Why don't you talk to the Blaze executives and get the 500 bucks from them? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Go and, yeah, you're welcome to keep it. I, you can have it all. You can have 550 Just make sure to go to the executives <laughs> or to their bank account and get it right out of it. Just say, oh, hey, I needed that $500 super chat. I'm sure they're going to give it right to you, Jimmy. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm so screwed. <laughs> You're very, you're in a lot of trouble. You made a very poor decision, and Max Hines had a very good decision. I just can't believe Because I immediately said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to entertain it. My no, hair is. No, this reminds me of the Office episode where the, you remember uh, Andy said, if you sell X amount, I'll get a tattoo on my butt, and it took them one day. This is the but same. But do you remember feeling. his cool tattoo? He got a Nard Dog yeah, tattoo. Yeah, but this isn't a cool hairstyle. No offense to Matt Campbell, but like, I don't think I'd look good with that. I don't know. I'm not British punk rock. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be surprised. You should have asked for a thousand. Yeah, I should have asked for a thousand. That's really on me. But Jimmy, we'll we'll cut your hair in some cool way. We have to do Max Hines. Listen, we're gonna cut it some sort of way, Jimmy. And it's for your job, so it doesn't matter if it looks bad. You're like, this is what I got hired to have bad hair. So like, you can't really complain that. Yeah, you're gonna be looking like Dr. Phil a little bit. Okay, so we only have a couple minutes left. I want to finish your story though, Abel. You decide that you don't want the surgery, but you do have big voluptuous breasts that you're looking at all the time for neither here nor there. <laughs> when did you decide to get those removed, and when did you say, I'm done with this? Um, well, since we only have a few minutes left, I will make this quick. Um, I had Eventually, um, I had some issues with the transgender community, um, and they didn't like some of my personal choices, and so they excommunicated me. Uh, from the entire community, my name was blacklisted. The entire community? How yeah. can they even do that? They just said no. Uh, well, remember that um, that transgender who told me to do a twirl in front of him? A support group person? Yeah. Uh, well, he had a lot of political power there. Wow. Yeah. And why didn't they like you? Because you were conservative? No, because I want to be a cop. Yeah. You should have been a cop. That would be Robocop, transgender cop, trans uh, uh, cop? I know. That's what I'm That's saying. That's a movie. Jimmy, write that down. Trans cop. The story Got of it. Abel Garcia becoming a detective and busting people. <laughs> yeah, well, they didn't like that. They excommunicated me, and then 
just eventually uh, everything that I had done from the beginning had piled up like an avalanche and just crashed on me one day. And I had to ask that myself, what the heck am I doing? Did they pay? For, did the insurance pay for your surgery? Oh, they fought me to not cover it. To not cover the removal. Yep. Wow. So they would fight you on that, but yeah. they'll just give you free ninety nine to have them. But then if you want to take them off, no, you need to pay us for that. Wow. We've learned a lot. So, Abel, what of your story have we missed that you'd like to tell us, the people that are watching? Well, there's a lot more that we have missed, but we if, need to come back on. We're gonna have. Well, you back if on I'm gonna be back tomorrow to yeah. cut uh, Jimmy's hair, yeah, you can I'll cut Jimmy's hair. Yeah, we can. I'll talk tell you a bit more tomorrow. All right, perfect. So we're going to get into that because you got to come back here. Good luck. So you're going to have the Dr. Phil haircut very soon, Jimmy. Look at that haircut. I don't, I don't like this at all. Well, you're not supposed to like His it. Head's That's so not, there's shiny. No, there's no caveat that you have to like what we're doing to you. Oh, my God. As a matter of fact, the more you dislike it, the more Max Hines and I are going to be celebrating with all of our Super Chat money. All right, Abel, tell the people where they can find you and support you. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at G. And tomorrow, guys, you do not want to miss it. We have Brandon Buckingham in studio, and Abel's going to come back for night two, and we're shaving Jimmy's little. Oh, let's 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 develop head. a plan. I really want to do something with my hair, legitimately, but no, we're not developing a plan. We're no. shaving your head in a weird way and dyeing it, and you're oh, going to accept no, that. I, I, we can take it to a professional. Cause no, we're not. No, dude, no. I don't want you, no, with Jimmy. I don't care what you want. Max Hines paid five hundred dollars. Are you going to go with your? Turn his money? I can't, it's in the blazing exactly. Bank okay, we can go ask him to get the money back, and then we don't have to shave your head. So you figure out that. But as it is now. But I'd rather professional I, to it. Well, I don't care. I'd rather you, not it do it. Never I'd rather do it I will shave your head. It's the primetime Alex Stein show, and I would prefer to do it unprofessionally. And if you'd like to speak to the manager, I'm right here. How can I help you? Alex, would can you we like get me my to wife spin shine his head? No, 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 because I'm the manager of primetime with Alex She's Stein. really attractive. I'm the manager. Would you like to speak to the manager? Yes, I'd like to speak to the manager. What do you got for me, sir? <laughs> I would like my wife's very attractive no, Mexican hairdresser no, to do declined. it. Her name's Carmen. Care. She's very nice. Sorry, Carmen. I'm okay. going to deport her. She sounds illegal as hell. Oh my God. Wait, is that my cousin Carmen? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cartel Carmen? Is that Cartel Carmen? Is that Cartel Carmen? I mean, do you actually have a cousin named Carmen? Who yeah, everybody her? has a cousin named Carmen. He's Hispanic. Jimmy, I'm Mexican. I have a lot of cousins. Everybody's named Carmen. Named Carmen, Carmen, Carmen who San cut Diego, hair? Carmen, in Dallas? I ain't telling you who's my family, Jimmy. Jimmy, you know the game. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Carmen, based <laughs> in San Diego, highly Hispanic. Yeah, you're right. Probably Hispanic. You need to learn name origins. I do, clearly. Seriously, learn something before we the show tomorrow. And when we shave your head, you're going to look ugly. Your baby? <laughs> your baby's not even going to be able to recognize well, you. Well, what about start... the blondness? I'm not worried about it. But that, that was the main thing. He was blonde tips. No, that, not, that was the main thing. No, the main thing is that all of his head was gone. He had two spikes sticking out <laughs> like the devil. That was, And I'm not calling him the devil, but the blonde, I didn't even notice that it was. I mean, I noticed it, but that's the least of your worries. Your worries is how your hair going to grow back. You better find us a hair growth sponsor, Hims or one of those companies. You're going to need it, bud. My, my wife's going to be so pissed okay. at me. Well. <laughs> Tell her to speak to the manager next time she comes on the blend. All right, guys, we're ending the show the same way every time with the freestyle finale. DJ, hit that beat. Come on, Tiny! Yo, 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 this ain't a fable. With my homie Abel, I don't care if you are stable. Wrestle you to the ground. Drink my coffee, extra brown. Right around town, like a clown. Those tits are gone, they're to be found.
transition hit. I don't care because I'm the shit. All right, guys, I love you. Abel Garcia, Tiny. Yeah. Drink Castro coffee. We love you. Peace and good night.